Welcome to a sporting discussion, your podcast that discusses sports of all sorts. I am AJ Mithen, joined by my good friend and colleague, Andrew Donison. Andrew, how are you this week? Well, thank you, AJ. I am inquisitive. Inquisitive. That's lucky because we're taking a little bit of a different format this week. Uh, it's questions, 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 on notice and without notice. Mm-hmm. Going to be some good fun. Do you want to get into it? Yes. Yes, we there's should. The, there's the first question. You weren't ready for that. No, no. See, right. that was that was a that was a without notice one. All right. Now we have a series do, of questions without. Uh, hang notice. on, hang on, hang on. Do we need to do confirmations and corrections? Proudly brought to you this by Ultimate different, AFL different Trivia. Different format, Andrew. Different format. Oh, right. Oh, jeez. No, no. Let's go then. Uh, who's asking first? Let's rock off. You are. Hit me. A, no, no. You're ready. I'm ready. I can. I can tell. You're excited. You're pumped. All right. Let's get straight into it. And Andrew, this is an AFL-related question. Okay. It sounds like a trivia night with ultimate, ultimate AFL trivia, doesn't it? <laughs> hey. <laughs> right. Listen carefully. All right. Has Alistair Clarkson completely lost the plot, Andrew? He's criticising umpires and then assuming that doing a white bread, mealy-mouthed apology, using air quotes, would get him off the hook. Is is being on a losing side getting to him? I don't think so. He's He's always had a short temper and he's always said things that weren't necessarily... Uh, appropriate, so I don't think the being on a losing side has done anything. Personally, no, I don't think so. Although I do like listening to those people who suggest that since Chris Fagan and Mark Evans have gone, that he doesn't have his minders there, yeah, and weird, so he's it? lost. Yeah, he's starting to go. I can do whatever I want. To the to the casual observer, though, it does look like this year he's a little bit more uh, pissed off than usual. Usual, he's angry, but he seems okay. more angry these days. Well, yeah, I, I say no. Uh, I say he's always been like this. And I did enjoy the, the rap sheet that was shown on television. It was a, a clipboard with poorly sort of hand, allegedly handwritten <laughs> font on, uh, on a piece of paper going back to 2000 and. six. I think was his first indiscretion. But no. So as a coach. As a coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Nah, I say no. All right. Oh. What do you got? Your turn. All right. I have a question for you. I just have to pull it up. Do you prefer to attend a sporting event, watch it at home, or watch it at a pub? Depends what it is. Oh, okay. Ex- expand on Can that. Can I do that in, in order? In yeah. order, I would prefer to be at an event. Okay. Then I'd probably watch it. At a pub, depending what it was. Okay. And then I would watch it at home. All right. Now I'm going to go into the depending what it was. What yes. are your caveats? Uh, soccer is qualifier in person. Geelong game in person. Raiders game in person. Uh, significant game, i.e. final or a game that's of consequence. You'd like to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, although admittedly sometimes the TV coverage is better. Okay. Uh, but it's also good to be... Uh, in a room with like-minded people, which is where the pub would come into it. Yep. Where there's a little bit of banter or a little bit of uh, just a whole one-sided uh, effort of everyone supporting the one team. Yes, that is always fun. Yes. Okay, very That's good. That. Yep. All right, this is a media-related question, Andrew. You ready? It's like we're doing Trivial Pursuit and <laughs> I've got onto green. Roll it onto green. Science and nature. A lot of sports writers uh, have, have left or are leaving Fairfax Media. True. Across all their publications. Oh, that's not the question. Okay. What does that mean in the short term for sports coverage in Australia? Well, I've said a couple of times that I think that the age 
in Melbourne will be a weekend-only physical publication by the end of this year. I think that the number of people that are leaving, it it means... What does it mean? That's, <laughs> it, a, that's a good question. It means that people aren't buying newspapers anymore. Does it, though? I don't actually... Well, I would think that. I don't buy newspapers. I haven't bought one for years. But you look at it online, don't you? I do, but I don't pay for it. You don't pay for it. I don't pay for it. Um, I think it means that journalists will need to work harder to to bring an audience to them as an individual. I think that journalists are going to become more of a brand rather than the paper or the radio so station. So you, you seem to think everyone's going to become um, like the Bill ringer. Simmons. Yep. Bill Simmons. But how many Bill Simmonses are there in the world? I haven't been through the phone book, but I, I assume you're talking about him in general. There's one. Yeah. yeah how yeah. many other individual journos do you know who have gone out onto their own uh, after leaving a big organisation and had the sort of impact that Bill Simmons has? Oh, off the top of my head, none. However, we're in a completely different environment now. It, like, I think now the time is ripe for that thing, sort of thing to happen. Okay, it'd be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Hit me with it. Is there any point to soccer friendlies? No, but you do. I think you get ranking points out of them. Yeah, you do get ranking points out of them. Uh, and it's a good way to blood kids for the future like Ange did with our oh, name forgotten uh, from well, that, country forgotten. To uh, get him on board for the just uh, I'm padding for time here while I'm oh so they l- so. like the um, that young was I think the young Greek kid that he found a couple of years Apostolos ago Apostolos Giannou yeah yeah he was good uh, he, they used him so so you're saying that uh, Ange Postecoglou gave a debut to a young player who has a choice of playing for one or more countries yeah to lock him in Aiden Hustich that was the one. Oh, okay. Uh, who, Ajin, Ajin Hustich, jeez. It's, yeah, I'll, I'll get it right one day. But um, he was in a bit of a, well, he'd been, he'd drawn the attention of his other country, who, which I've also forgotten. That's fine. Um, and they used the friend lock it away. But also, mm-hmm. Ange is trying three at the back as a new, he's trying a new defence. Three, four, three. You can't ju- – well, admittedly, he has thrown it in the, in the middle of a qualifying period. Yep. But without friendlies, how are you going to be able to know if that works or give it practice under match conditions? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Fair right. enough. Let's move on. One from you or one from a listener? Let's go from a listener. Okay. And the first listener question we have is from Dave Brown, the doyen of all things South Australian sport. Mm-hmm. But he's not talking South Australia here. Andrew, his question is, if Australia loses in the Champions Trophy and no one cares, did it really happen? <laughs> oh, I love it. The ICC Champions Trophy, a cricket tournament of zero <laughs> consequence. We didn't, we didn't play one complete 100-over game. No, there has been no match in the tournament that has gone for 100 overs thus far. Do you, which, know, do you know what the best thing is? Which we, I was going to say, which Rain hasn't assisted that, but what's yes. the best thing? I've heard, uh, I was listening to the radio here in Melbourne mm-hmm. and it was the sports segment and it was, they were talking about how Australia's games had all been rained out and the last game for England was predicted to be a rain out, complete rain out. Right. And uh, two of the... Uh, people, I don't remember who they were, it doesn't matter, were talking about how it's ridiculous to play a cricket tournament over in England in the winter and someone had to remind them that it's actually summertime over there. 
Well, I would also <laughs> throw out the Sydney test in recent times has been decimated by rain. So, <laughs> Well, what do you say to Dave? What's your answer? Uh, Did it really happen? It happened. My Lord, it is a, it's a pointless tournament. I don't... I know that the ICC wanted to get rid of it because they were going to bring in the ICC Test Championship and 2013 was meant to be the last one. They scrapped the Test Match Championship and reinstated this top eight uh, playoff, basically, a knockout. There's a round robin and then two knockout finals. It's a pointless tournament, a lot like every other one-day bilateral, trilateral, quadrilateral <laughs> tournament. The ICC would be taking an absolute hosing on this cash-wise as well as rain-wise, wouldn't they? I don't know. Because I know I... here in Australia, Foxtel are taking a hosing on their coverage. Yeah, they've lost, no one's watching They've it. lost a lot of money because it's all been washed out. Uh, and they've okay. basically been paying for... People to be watching flashbacks. Yeah, which which is always entertaining. But uh, there hasn't been massive crowds at every game. There's been big crowds at some. Uh, if, well, there's a big subcontinental population over in England, or if which India, is probably why these tournaments, if they're not in India, go to England. Um, yeah, true. I was going to say, if India beat Bangladesh in the semi-final that's on tonight, they will play Pakistan in the final. And all of a sudden, the tournament will have a huge amount of relevance to a bunch of people. But in not Australia... Not to us or not to Dave Brown, though? No. What, what do you think? I, I didn't care about it from the beginning, so why would I care about it now? Fair enough. I, I, I care about very little cricket, to be fair. No, I know, yes. I know. All right. Have you got one for me? I do. Excellent. Andrew, it's grand final week in the Super Netball competition. We were lucky enough to be at the preliminary final last week watching the giant, watching Giants netball absolutely paced the uh, Melbourne Vixens. They destroyed them. Um, can, can I just, before you ask the question, can I just do a little sidebar? It must be quick. I love the fact that the uh, lady in front of us spent... 40% of the time bagging out the umpire and every umpire in decision. It was just, it's, it's nice to see that that goes across all sports. Well, there was one fellow behind me who you probably heard had, was a fairly serious man who was really into his netball and he was ripping the uh, umpiring as well. Oh, really? With a really, yeah, quite, kind of aggressive tone. Uh. <laughs> yeah, anyway, back to the question. Yeah, the question, yes. It's grand final week. It's the Giants versus the Lightning, mm-hmm. South Sunshine Coast Lightning. Yep. Uh, but this week during Grand Final Week, the New South Wales Swifts have announced eight players who are re-signing for next year. Okay. Andrew, is that appropriate for a team who is not playing in the Grand Final to announce their team signings during Grand Final Week? Of course it is. They're going to get no other media otherwise. The, if the media spotlight is on the sport, might as well try and, and get a, a little piece of the action. I've got no dramas with it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I just thought it was a little bit... Uh, It'll be seen for what it is, just a little bit of coat riding, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But that's that's how you've got to get in the papers. All right, move on. All right. Let's go with your panacea, your nirvana, your open contract or almost no contract Are we talking situation in sport. We are talking player Everyone movement. Can go Will open contracts in AFL and NRL lead to an EPL-type system where only four teams usually are at the top of the table. You mean as opposed to the system there is now where it's salary capped and the same four teams in the NRL and the AFL uh, play off for the flags over the last 20 years? 
Possibly. Okay. No, there's, there, yeah, actually, no, that's, that's some really good context to that question, isn't it? Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Let's, go, let's move on. <laughs> you ready? No, well just, just, you got owned. Let's move on. <laughs> you know, I just, hey, I'm a Hawthorne supporter. We're always up there. I don't, I don't know what other teams do. Andrew? Yes. Lately, we've had some iffy media coverage in the Daily Telegraph about uh, State of Origin debutant Tim Glasby. Okay. And uh, oh, we've had... Yeah, the back page. The back yep. page, yes. Uh, bagging his stats and saying he's not up to it and why is he playing. Uh, we've also had the Mark Robinson, uh, Alex Fasolo debacle that we've gone on with mm. for a couple of weeks, so we won't revisit that there. But one of the interesting things that's come up is that the players have been quite vocal in their disappointment with those media outlets and reporters mm. and how they've covered the game. Do you think... Is this just a one-off or is this going to be something that uh, we can look forward to in the future? I think the tide is turning. I think the players are becoming a lot more savvy. They're understanding that to be able to get a career post-football, they need to be able to get in and make a mark for themselves because it's going to be a very crowded marketplace and they want to be able to, firstly get into the media and make their own statements and secondly, not take any guff from the current media mm. and just go, no, I'm I'm not going to, to stand here and let you bag out my friend, my teammate, my sport. I'm going to, one, not talk to you, which I would love to see a black band by a club on, on a journalist or a, a uh, publication. But two, I think that they are using their position to to get more up front and centre in media. Yeah, love it. Love seeing the players get a bit more mouthy and especially the rugby league fellas were not backward in coming forward mm. about what they thought of what the Daily Telegraph said. Which is just as fair a, enough. Just as a follow-up question to that. Yes. For you, what would it take to cause a black ban or a uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Also, oh, black will do. What what would have to happen for a club or a group of players to refuse to talk to an outlet or a person? Because if I was Collingwood, I would refuse to talk to Mark Robinson mm-hmm. after his, mm, I don't know, yeah, his treatment of Alex Fasolo, his ill-founded comments. Yeah, certainly not a, a complete blanket for the rest of the season, but definitely. Well, why not? Uh, for well, because I think that um, you still need to realise that the media is there. As, as we've said over and over and over, there's plenty more AFL journos where Robbo comes from. Yeah, true. Yeah, but so I think that that's one thing where you would just go, all right, had enough of you, Mark. Mm. So when it, when, it, when it comes to, yeah, questioning a player in your team and their, like their, their mental state and, mm. yeah. So I think that that's, that's where I would go to. Fair enough. AJ. Yes? Will rugby survive in Australia? It will, but there won't be much to it. Yeah. I'm assuming you're talking union. Union. Yeah. Um, As I said, rugby. Well, there's a big market for rugby in certain areas. In okay. certain areas of New South Wales and certain areas of Queensland. Yeah. And in the ACT. Mm. Outside of that, you can forget it. Are those areas getting smaller, though? Yeah, they're more... They're getting more concentrated. Maybe not smaller, but... Um, it's all, I mean, in New South Wales, it's all the rah-rah, you know, the private school yep. boys who play off against each other in the shoot shield and those competitions. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> rugby has completely lost the general Australian sporting public 
well and truly and completely. Oh, yeah. Um, even though we made the World Cup final, uh, what was that now, 15? Yeah, it was like 18 months ago. Yeah. Um, uh, people were kind of just hanging on, yep. even though that happened. And I think part of it's because we're no good. We're complete rubbish. Yep. And people expect the Wallabies to be good and they won't watch if they're not good. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you <laughs> if you don't like this, folks, hit us up on, tw- at, on Twitter at ASC underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. But I need someone to convince me that there's something worse on earth than a bad game of rugby union. Okay. Can I uh, – one of my questions that I've got here is, a, is actually a pretty good follow-up to that. So can I break the order and go with that one? You can. Do Australian sports fans care about the national teams? Well, they do. Or, but I think, or do yeah. they only care in the last game of World Cup qualifying in the soccer, a deciding test in the, the Ashes, a World Cup final? Do they care outside of that? I say no. For the Wallabies, no. Yeah. For the Socceroos, yes, but see, I don't think they do. I don't think general. I think the the hardcore soccer fans do. Yeah. But I don't think the but general more public. Hardcore soccer fans and hardcore rugby fans. Oh, the no thing doubt. is, I mean, the Boomers. Do people care about the Boomers outside nope. of the Olympics? Not a chance. What about the Opals? Nope. What about the Diamonds? Nope. What about people? The Matildas? Nope. You people, sure? You're getting pretty un-Australian here. No, 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 I think that in Australia people prefer the the local league. So you're they, saying, they prefer AFL, they prefer so when NRL, they prefer Super stuff, Netball. We only want winners? No, no. Or we only want big, big crucial games? Big crucial games is where the groundswell of support gets behind. There's always going to be the people who will follow the, the national teams because they love that sport and that team. Yeah. But so... You know, take us for example. I'll I'll always watch Australia play a Test match, but you wouldn't. Whereas you would be more interested if it was an Ashes Test series, two all going into the fifth Test. Yeah, but that's a little bit different because no one gives a crap about the state league, the state teams in uh, cricket, do they? Big Bash, my lord, they do. Yeah, Big Bash isn't cricket. Um, oh, well, that's a different question. I don't know. To answer your question, I'll say no. Oh, wait. I'll say Hang yes. On. People yeah. still do care. Um, but I think, uh, and we'll get to this in a question that I may have on this paper or not. Okay. I think people are getting much more complacent about where this, where their team is in the scheme of the world. Yeah, Okay. Uh, but I'll also say uh, the governing bodies for these sports, for the national teams, don't help themselves with their ticket pricing and lack of marketing and sometimes venue selection yep. for when their national teams play. All right. Yep, good. Let's have another listener one. All right. This one is from, oh, it's friend of the show, Aaron Delahunty. Oh, hello, Aaron. Uh, hope your foot's all right, Aaron. Um, who is uh, getting ready for this super netball Grand final. Run final. As mentioned previously. Andrew, how will the Giants beat the immovable block of flats that is Seabass in the grand final on Saturday night? Probably the same way they did in round four when they beat the Lightning by a point. Just tell everyone what a Seabass is. Ah, uh, Caitlin Bassett. Caitlin Bassett, yes. She's the one who shoots at, I think, 93.5, 94.5% 
Goal shooter extraordinaire yeah. um, for the Sunshine Coast Lightning. Well, the Giants have one of their own. They unearthed one of their own last week. Yeah, so Chrissy Bryce, she is a monster. She's very tall. And what we were watching the the Giants and the Vixens game, and uh, Kamwenda for the Vixens is an excellent goal shooter, but she was well matched by mm. her opponent. And down the other end. All the Giants were doing was looking at Chrissy Bryce mm. and she was a, literally a head taller than her opponent. So they would just lob the ball over the keeper. <laughs> she would grab it, shoot. So I think that it's just a – it's not a, necessarily a matter of stopping Seabass. It's a matter of stopping the midcourt delivering the ball down. Yeah. Um, well, the the midcourt is pretty good. So Erin <laughs> Delahunty's favourite player, Laura Langman, is – the the linchpin there and yeah. it's gonna be a cracking match, but it will be the the midcourts where it is where the game is won and lost because I think that both teams have that yeah, the was it the immovable object at one end flats. and yes. yeah, and then the massive unit at the other end who not just our, not our words, Caitlin. <laughs> um Joe Hutton's playing for the Giants. She's my new favourite player. She's all but a midfielder. Yeah, yeah. So goal attack. If she plays like she did last Saturday night, yep. Giants are in with a massive shot. And so that that's and a, a reminder. They split the season one-one with a total of one hundred and ten goals each. Yes. So it's going to be an absolute ripper. It will. It yes. will. All right. What's next? Should I care about? McGregor versus Mayweather, or is it just a circus sideshow? It's a circus sideshow. Do you want to give give a bit of background? Designed to get your money. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is 49 and 0. He's a boxer. He's a boxer. He's one of the greatest boxers of all time? No. Okay. He's just a guy who's 49 and 0 and has made a lot of of money. Okay. Uh, And Conor McGregor, the loudmouth Irishman from the MMA... uh, Circuit with Ultimate Fighting Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he's in this fight because of his mouth and his cash drawing abilities. Yep. Um, it's a straight up boxing fight. Uh, he's twelve never, rounds, they reckon. He's never trained as a boxer. He's never fought as a boxer. No, he's never fought against. Well, a he boxer. would have trained as a boxer, but as part of his mixed martial arts yep. stuff. Um, and it's a completely different type of. You know, stand up hand fighting. Yeah, they train for. Um, well, you've done some sparring, and you say three doing three rounds mm. is one of the hardest things that you'll do. You're like you're, you're knackered, and at that's the just end. training. Boxing yeah. training is one of the hardest things in life you can do. But uh, this is scheduled for twelve three minute rounds, yep, as opposed to three five minute rounds that McGregor does for Ultimate Fighting. Okay, where That's, there's a lot of grappling in the ultimate fighting. It's a completely different everything. I really don't want to talk about it too much because it's just a it's so a circus absolute side circus. Um, they're going to make so much money and it's just going to be an embarrassment for everybody. Very good. I think I'll ask you my next question now before I get too angry. All right. Andrew, the AFLW wannabe teams for I think it's 2019 are... Mm-hmm starting to put together their pitches to the AFL uh, to get their teams entered into the league. Yep. There's a lot of uh, promotional stuff, promotional work going around uh, yep. from these teams. Hawthorne, Geelong, uh, who are the other Essendon. ones? Essendon. I think Sydney are doing one too. Um, 
North, uh, so North Melbourne and oh, Richmond. St Kilda, St Kilda as well. North Melbourne, St Kilda, and Richmond were very disappointed to mm-hmm. to well, miss out initially. It's one thing to be disappointed; it's another thing to be putting together a bid and putting out pictures of existing AFLW players wearing the kit of the proposed team. Who's what done are your that? thoughts on that? Who's done that? There's a couple of teams that have done it. Really? Namely Geelong with one Lily Mithen who plays for Melbourne. Oh, yeah, but is that because she's playing for Geelong? She's playing for Geelong at in the, the moment, VFL. She's signed. Or WFL. Yeah, but is she, don't. So that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, no. She's I, playing for Geelong at the moment, but she's but, signed to Melbourne in the, in the women's AFL. Can I, okay, I'll throw. Is that. Promotional shot actually for Geelong's VFLW team rather than their AFLW aspiring. No, it's to be for a their team. aspiring to be an AFLW team. See, I, did, I, I think you've been a bit so cheeky there, think? and I disagree. No, no, not at all. I certainly, all. I don't think that they should be doing that. No, I think the clubs. Well, that, that was pretty boring. Why? Well, well because <laughs> the the player is contracted to Melbourne or Adelaide or whomever. And they certainly shouldn't be fronting a marketing campaign to support a team coming into the competition. However, I, I still think, and I, I'm happy to be corrected, but the photo, the, the things that I've seen with Lily Mithen, is, I thought it was related to VFLW rather oh, than she's in all their the AFLW, AFLW stuff, but bid. She, that's finding its way into the AFLW. Stuff. Right. Okay. Yes. So I say, yeah, no, you can't do that. Your turn. My turn. Should junior sports have a mercy rule? This has come, at, come about. This has come about not just actually in junior sports, but in senior football in Canberra as well. There's been talk about reducing the quarter length in Canberra because teams I were think that's losing. Already happened. Yeah, it came in after like four rounds because teams sometimes were losing by too much in junior sports, whether it be baseball, cricket basketball, soccer, football, netball, when a team gets a certain amount of points in front or a certain magnitude ahead, they stop counting. They continue the game. The goal... Oh, they keep playing, but they don't keep the score. Yeah, because oh. they don't want to demoralise the the kids out on the field. So should there be these mercy rules? Uh, in juniors, maybe? Up to under... Uh, 12s. Okay. Kids always know the score anyway. Oh, absolutely. Even when they try not to keep scoring junior footy here in Melbourne, but the players walk off the ground going, yeah, we flogged them. Or, yeah. no, they beat us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you get a rough idea of whether your team's getting beat depending on where the ball is. But I think it's fair enough to have a mercy rule to keep the, keep the score out of it at a certain point in the kids' game. Yep. But in adults... Yeah, what about reducing the quarter length in adults so that the the team doesn't get beaten by 120 points, they only get beaten by 70 points? Well, that's their problem, isn't it? I've got no... I don't know, you're adult, answering the question. In adult sports, if you rubbish, you rubbish and you get what's coming. Mm. I mean, yep. shorten the quarters because you don't want the players out there for as long, but uh, it seems pretty silly to me to... Yeah, anyway, it seems pretty silly to me. Okay. Mind you, in some adult baseball, there is mercy rule. And in international baseball, there's a mercy rule. But you have to get like 90% of the way through the game until that... Before it comes into effect. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, Anyway, uh, one quick one. Yep. How funny was England's loss to Pakistan on a scale of hilarious to knee slapping? (laughs) 
<laughs> this is in the ICC in the Champions trophy, the trophy that we just spent time rubbishing. I was on the commentary for the first innings with White Line Wireless, and I could not believe what I was saying when I was talking about Pakistan's excellent discipline with the ball, Pakistan's excellent fielding, and their excellent plans and execution of those plans for each of the bowlers. They were incredible, and I think that England. It's, it's what is it Schadenfreude, England in a tournament that they're hosting, that they're expected to win. They've still never won a, um, a World Cup or a Champions Trophy, and it was pretty funny that they lost. That is pretty funny. All right, next. <laughs> Esports. Yes. Should oh, – I'm not sure how to word this question, but how – actually, all right. How big will esports become? Huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. And do you know why? Because everyone loves gaming. Participation rates in actual sports are going down across the board. Because people are playing. Because people <laughs> – kids these days are on the, uh, on the computer, on the iPad. On the, they're, they're given an iPad from about six months old, so they'll leave mummy and daddy alone. Yep. Uh, this is the skills of the future, Andrew. But also, when we were growing up, I remember I borrowed – FIFA Road to the World Cup 97 from you and I loved playing as the Faroe Islands and (laughs) qualifying for the World Cup, winning the World Cup. And so, Could you do that under pressure in front of 80,000 people with half a mil on the line? Oh, God, no, because I had to go on easy setting and (laughs) I reduced the the ability of all of my players except for the goalkeeper and one player. (laughs) So, no, there is absolutely no way that I could defeat anyone. Look, there's a lot of... You've you've played FIFA against me (laughs) and the only way that I score against you is when you let me, so... That's true. No. Um, There's a lot of, uh, um, you know, huff, huff, huff at esports from the older... Sports journos, well, not even older sports journos, the traditional sports journos, mm-hmm. and uh, some, and from other and sports followers. But um, esports is actually massive, and in Europe and in the US and in Asia, it's absolutely huge. Yeah, and it's barely starting to take off here in Australia. And once it does, there's going to be a generation of uh, well, esportists, computer game players. Do you accept that it's a sport? No, but I don't accept a lot of things that are to I be sports. But they, I, I, was, I, was, I was curious as to your response considering you don't, uh, you don't call darts or snooker. Darts or... isn't a sport. Uh, horse racing is not a sport. Um, what's the other thing? Golf. Golf is not a sport. So how can I, with a straight face, exactly. declare esports to be a sport? Call it a sport if you want, but not in my book. All right. But if you can make millions out of it, good luck yeah, to you. Go nuts. Yeah. Ready? Yep. This is a good one. North Queensland Cowboys are playing the Melbourne Storm this Saturday night mm-hmm. with nine first-choice players missing across both teams because of state of origin. Yep. So it's basically a reserves versus reserves game. Mm-hmm. What's the solution for that? Have a have state of origin on the weekend. What happens to everyone else then? They get a week off. They have a bye. They rest up. They go to Maroubra. They have a nice little weekend by the beach. They go up to Noosa. They can duck over to Bali if they want to. Well, that would, that would end well. Yeah. Right. So you want state uh, – Well, no, I don't want it. Um, so standalone weekend state of origin. I think that, that was a much better solution than midweek if midweek state of origin means that 
players are not available for their club side during the on the weekend. Okay, fair enough. Let's have another listener one. Yes. This is from Siobhan. Mm. And it is, is the AFL commentary given by previous players actually better than what the non-player commentators give? Mm. I'll go no. I think that it really does You're depend- a commentary snob though, across all sports. Oh, I wouldn't necessarily say snob, but sure. No, it's a snob. You're a um, snob. Just, just admit it. Just embrace it. <laughs> well, I just want to be told what's happening. That's all I want. That's all I want. Some ex-players are very good at telling you what's happening. Some non-players are very good at telling you what's happening. This is a very non-committal answer, Andrew. Well, because, yeah, I don't think... So, what was the question? What's the... <laughs> so, I'll say no, I think, is the, my answer to that. Is previous players' commentary better than the non-player commentary? No. Okay. No, now, it's... tell us why. Okay, sorry. Right. <laughs> no. Well, because... It doesn't matter whether you've played the game or not. You can still be an appalling commentator who doesn't actually add anything to the coverage and just talks about how they love the way that someone goes about it. (laughs) So Luke Darcy spends his entire time loving the way people go about it. But he's uh, he's he's recognised as one of the best out there. Is he? By whom? By a lot of the uh, other media people. Oh, that's particular, good. particularly the non-playing media people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, eh? All right, I got one for you. Okay. Uh, you said a couple of weeks ago... Oh, God. Don't, don't bring Novak, something that I've said. Novak Djokovic was cooked. Oh, yeah, falling off the cliff. As we head into Wimbledon, which he has won three <laughs> times, <laughs> do you stand by that statement that his career is finished? Yep, there could be a dead cat bounce, but, you know, done, dusted, gone. Oh, okay. That was a quick answer. Let's move He's, on. I think, I, I, don't, I should actually know this, but I'm pretty sure that his dropping off the cliff is dropping out of the top two in the world for the first time in five in years. Five years, yeah. <laughs> and only making it to the semis, I think it was yeah. France. Yeah, so, but, you know, anyway. golf. AJ. Uh, why are you U- asking me? Because the US Open is... Doesn't matter. You've got to answer the question. Uh, the US Open is coming up and oh, there is... That's wonderful. A, a lot of discussion amongst the players about the length of the rough. So you've got the fairway and then there's about, let's say, three metres of rough and then there's massively tall grass that... I think Kevin Nah, uh, one of the golfers, dropped a ball in and was trying and just actually couldn't hit the ball out of. Rory McElroy has just gone, well, suck it up. It's all right. Do you think that golfers in this instance should be complaining about the course that they're given? Oh, they're golfers, mate. On? They'll complain about anything. Oh, this course is too easy. Oh, this course is too hard. Oh, the grass is too long. The greens are too. The grass are too short. So you, do, you so that's a no. You don't think they should? Couldn't give a toss. All right. Do you think that in other sports the players should have a similar whinge about the surface that they're provided with? They always. They all do. They all do. I know that they all do, but so should they? You, of course. <laughs> so golfers aren't matter. allowed to. No, but I, couldn't other give, sport- I couldn't give a shite if golfers were complaining or not because I don't care about golf. No, no I, I know. But what about <laughs> if it's a, if it's a, a dodgy soccer pitch? Well, they'll complain about it. But no, 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 that's not about will they, it's about should they. What is it? What a stupid question, Andrew. 
No, it's not. Yes, it is. You're, you're a what professional. Do you should they? Should they? So what? They just stay quiet and go and do their knee or something, or no? They just do their a, job. Hit, a, hit an eighty because you literally can't hit the ball out of the long grass. Yeah, just do your job. Let's do your job, on. mate. Let's move on. <laughs> um, let's only two more. Okay, two more. Each. So, oh, okay. Um, here's a good one. Lee Montagna, who plays for St Kilda. Yep. Uh, rang Dermot Brereton, uh, who everyone knows who Dermot Brereton is, uh, to complain about an article Dermot wrote where he said that uh, Montagna's attack on the ball was questionable. Right. Uh, namely that the only time Lee Montagna goes to get a hard ball is when he's – the hardest he goes to get the ball, rather, is when he goes to grab the ball off his teammate so he can kick it in after a point. Okay. Now, Lee Montagna rang Dermot um, mm. and told him that his feelings were hurt. But, funnily enough, in the next game, Montagna was poor and he refused to kick the ball in after points. So did Dermot get into Lee Montagna's head and what should Lee have done? If he refused to kick in after points, and that was one of the things that Dermot said, then you would have to say, yes, he did get into his head. What should Lee have done? Ignored the article and played football? Pretty weird that he would ring up and yep. have a crack, didn't it? Yep. Hey, Dermot, what is that? What is your, that? your job in this ridiculously oversaturated market is to have an opinion and make outrageous claims to get this story rolling for a couple of days. How dare you do that? <laughs> well, we were saying that um, we like the fact that the players are speaking up, though. Yeah, but you... <laughs> this is just a bit a touch sensitive, Yeah, is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Please. For the record, I'm in Dermot's corner, but anyway. All right, so we've got two more, two more. All right, here's, here's one that we've touched on a lot and we've touched on it again tonight. What do you actually want from a sports commentator? So in live sport, I'm talking now. I'm not talking about on the, on the wireless during the week, not talking about during the papers. Live sports, what do you want from the commentators? I want one person who tells me what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I want another person who gives that a little bit of uh, context or analysis or explanation. So in terms of maybe two, the Socceroos are setting up. They, they've changed from three at the back to four at the back. And this, this is, is why this is resulting. This in. is why, and this is what to look for because of that. Okay, maybe there may be two people for the comments to give different. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Do you want them to? tell you what they think the arc of a match is and where it's potentially heading and whether that was a turning point? No, I don't, I don't have anything against that. Oh, really? No, I've got nothing against that. Okay. Well, you, you're saying that with some venom. You, no, no, you, I don't. Oh. You're not a fan. Well, it doesn't make... What a, what a, a lot of that stuff's fairly self-explanatory anyway. Yeah. Like, oh, they've kicked their fifth goal in a row. They're on fire, you know. <laughs> well, so I've got no dramas. If they've kicked their fifth goal in a row, okay, True statement of fact, but it's the it's when they sort of go, oh, you just get the feeling. It's like, well, no, you get the feeling. Just yeah, but that's trying that's trying to give the person who's not at the ground the feeling. But what if those people, people aren't at the ground? People want that. Well, some people do. Mm. But then again, this is you my are, question. You're a to real you. commentary snob, aren't you? You say that. I just yeah. want to be told what's happening, which is exactly what you've just said that you want as well. Mm, okay. So, yeah, but you want to be told what's happening in a very specific way. No, no, just tell me what's happening. Not many commentators seem to do. Just tell me what's happening. Don't go over the top. Last question 
from you. And then you. we're out of here. Oh, no, I've got, I've, I've oh, got no sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last Come question on. from me, and then I'm out of here. All right. <laughs> now, this is a fairly – you like this one. Oh, God. Okay. Andrew, is Melbourne the self-proclaimed sporting capital of the world turning into a Sydney-like bunch of theatre-goers for sport and sporting events? No. Why? No, there's two questions. No, I don't. I, I certainly don't think so. I don't think a lot has changed in terms of their people's sports watching. Uh, you, you could say that it was theatre going at the best of times. That's why we. That's why a lot of events come to Melbourne because people will go. But no, I don't think there's necessarily been a drop off of people going to watch sporting events. And I think that, yeah. No, there doesn't have to be a drop-off. It's the nature of the people who are attending and their their uh, involvement in what's happening in front of them. I think that they're quite involved in what's happening in front of them. Well, you were at the Argentina-Brazil game on last Tuesday night, I believe it was, where people were throwing paper planes. and Friday you, night. Friday night, was it? Yep. No, it wasn't Friday night. Well, I was there on Friday night, so 95,500 people, every every single one or almost every single one of them glued to their seat for the entirety of the match. Now, personally, I thought it was a very boring game, but I'm not uh, a pure football fan. Oh, so you you were a theatre goer? At this event? No, I, I went because I wanted to enjoy the environment with three good friends. And okay, okay. Sorry, sorry if, I, if I don't go to sport just to spe- specifically sit, watch and analyse everything and abuse the umpires. I, I do enjoy abuse. other aspects of, uh, of the sport. I think but you're, you're, I, I gotta you're say, proving this right. I've got to say, that match, I've been, to, I've been to a couple of AFL games where there's that many people the lines for the food, the drink, uh, at the other events, prohibitive. On Friday night, people were just sitting in their seats glued to what was going on. I was quite impressed. I was really impressed. All right. But you all, you, you don't I'm going to take that as a yes. You don't think that... Well, you'll take it however you want to take it. The, <laughs> um, you don't think that Melbourne's a sporting capital anyway. So, Not at all. No. Not at all. So that, <laughs> uh, do a, my, my final one to you. Mm-hmm. Do Australian sports people owe local leagues anything? Should they come back and play for local leagues to promote? What's a local league in this context? Uh, so the, the the NBA players coming back to play NBL, WNBA to WNBL, that sort of thing. Do do people who have made it big in their sport internationally, where there is a local league, so soccer players coming back to play in the A League, basketballers coming back Are to play. Are you saying after they finish their career in the big league? Or in the off season for the big league, both because that's they're two they're fairly two di- different things to me. If someone is, in the tw- let's go in the twilight of their career, so they've wrapped up in the big league, they've done everything they can in the big league, and they either going to retire or go somewhere else. Yep. And do they owe anything? Does David Anderson, after winning, I don't even know how many championships <laughs> he's won over in Europe, does he? Does he owe anything? Well, no, because. He started here, so <laughs> yeah, no. But it's about when you so you it's, like you start here. That's great. You go over, make it big, and then in your twilight years, you then come back and bring you know. So Paddy Mills comes back, and everyone wants to see Paddy Mills because he's the mm. was the NBA superstar. 
<laughs> well, he played NBL too for like four weeks. Yeah, no, um, no, no, I'm sorry, so I'm, he, not, I'm not saying finishes, people. Yeah, I got you. Once he finishes at the Spurs, uh, if he can make more money playing in China or playing in Russia or playing D-League basketball in America, he should do that because he doesn't owe the Australian game anything because he's given uh, immeasurable amounts of publicity and advertising to the Australian game just by doing his job well in the big league. But what if the Australian leagues are just completely falling off a cliff because no no one's going to watch them, no good players are coming back? Well, let's take the A-League, for example. Tim Cahill's come back. Uh, there's been a couple of other soccerers. Who, John Aloisi came back. Mm. Vince Grella came back. Um, uh, oh, a few other players' with names are escaping me at the moment. Came back at the end of their careers and look where the A-League's ended up. There we go. Yeah. Look where this episode's ended up. Are we finished? We're done. That's the end of that question. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of A Sporting Discussion. Don't forget you can get us on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or Facebook.com slash A Sporting Discussion. Get us on all your iTunes uh, podcast, whatever the things are called, Stitcher, Podbean, all of it. We're on all of them. Podcast servers, podcast AJ. Podcast servers, that's podcatchers they're called. That's what the kids are calling them these days. Oh, okay. Uh, if you want to take us to task on anything that's been discussed or questioned in this episode, and there was a fair bit. Yeah, go nuts. Well, we might do this a bit more often, Andrew. I quite like that. Yeah, it's very good. It's, a bit, it's yeah, very good. A bit more, bit more fun and a bit more engagement from the people out there as well. Uh, that'll be it from us. Andrew, what are you doing this week? This week, Triple R, Monday morning, 7.15. Um, not doing the final of the ICC Champions Trophy, but it will be on White Line Wireless. Well, Tune no in. I will be involved with the White Line Wireless call of the Women's World Cup, which is coming up very shortly. And I think that's about it for... Uh, yeah, that's, that'll do for me. Yeah, what about tri- you? Triple R Monday morning, 102.7 on your FM dial in FM Melbourne. FM dial. Or use your streaming radio services. Uh, I am now 72% through the wonderful and amazing thing uh, I've been working on. Very good. It's, it's getting there. It's good fun. Yeah. Uh, but that'll do. That'll do us for this week. Shout out to Will Campbell in Austin, Texas, uh, who is a listener and got in touch. So there's your shout out, Will. Hey, Will. Thanks very much. And we will see you next week. 